Hello, welcome to our audio Bible study. This is lesson 14 out of 25 lessons, and I pray that this entire series will help you know more about the God of the Bible. God bless and enjoy the series. Today, we're going to be talking about the significance of baptism. Now, this topic has created endless discussion between theologians and just as much amongst Christians. So, what we're going to do today is look at the significance of baptism from a biblical perspective, and I pray that at the end of this, you would see the importance of baptism. See, baptism is a ceremony described in the Bible, perhaps as a symbol of conversion. The, the, essentially, it's a death of our sinful past. As we rise to experience a new life of joy, a new life of victory in Jesus. Now, the operative word here is in Jesus, not a new life with Jesus. So, in short, what this means is. Our former self, our former sinful self, our former self-centered self, and the rebellion self against God, is now buried and it's left behind, dead and gone, spiritually. And Jesus made it clear that it's important to know what the Bible says about baptism, and without, we need to know what the Bible says. So let's go there now. Well, to start off, let's see what Jesus considered baptism and how important is baptism. According to Jesus, all Christians need to be baptized. Full stop. Period. Now we know that salvation comes by grace and through faith in Jesus, and believers in Jesus. Publicly demonstrate that faith and that belief, and the way they demonstrate it is through baptism. Now Jesus is very clear about the practice of baptism, and in the Bible, baptism has been mentioned nearly one hundred times. You can understand why then it is an integral part of a Christian experience. Well, let's see what Jesus says, and let's see how he considers baptism. John chapter three, verse five, and Galatians chapter three, verse twenty-seven. Let's go to John first, and I quote: "Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God." Unquote. Now look at Galatians. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Unquote. Jesus is absolutely clear about the significance of baptism, isn't it? In fact, it is so important that Jesus made sure he said this, particularly in his last words. I mean, in essence, the last word of a person is usually perhaps the most profound. Are often very significant. 
In Jesus' last word, in some of his last words to his disciple, Jesus shared his vision for the new Christian church, and he had commanded the disciples and, of course, the leaders of his church. They were commissioned to share the gospel all over the world, encouraging people to accept Jesus and be baptized. Those were the clear commandments. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 clearly states this, I quote, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, unquote. Now these were one of the very last words of Jesus before he ascended up to heaven. So baptism, being baptized, must be very important for Jesus to say this during his last days. Now, you may realize that different Christian denominations have different methods of baptism. Regardless of the culture, regardless of tradition, regardless of what various churches do, let's now rely on what the Bible says what baptism ought to be or the way it's been baptized ought to be. Your some would be sprinkling of water over the forehead, some would be just simply just touching some water on it. Uh, some would be just washing their head. Some denomination might be full immersion of the entire body. Well, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5, it simply says, I quote, One Lord, one faith, and one baptism, unquote. Therefore, to answer the question, how many different forms of baptism that ought to be? Well, there's only one true form of baptism that the Bible is talking about. That is baptism in water by full immersion. Well, why full immersion? See, the word baptize in the Bible literally means to immerse or to submerge. It comes from a Greek word baptizo. Therefore, another word for baptism would simply be immersion. The Bible never used the word sprinkle nor pouring in reference to baptism. It is always a total immersion. So, what the Bible has said, there's only one Lord, one faith, and one form of baptism. And that form of baptism, by definition, as instructed in the Bible, is full immersion. Meaning, complete immersion of the body into water. Well, that's one way of looking at it. But another way of looking at it is to see how Jesus treat baptism. I mean, Jesus was a sinless person when he was alive. He had no sin. But yet, he demanded that he was baptized. You see, Jesus went in the Jordan River. And then Jesus came up from the water. Now, John the Baptist specifically chose to baptize people in the Jordan simply because there was much water there in the Jordan River. Look at John chapter 3, verse 23. And Jesus was baptized in water by full immersion in the river Jordan. In John chapter 1, verse 29 to 34, John identifies Jesus as the Messiah. 
compared to Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. The baptism of Jesus was a fulfillment of prophecy. It was a very, very important event indeed. Now, if it is important for Jesus to be baptized, don't you think it's important for you and I, or for Christians, to be baptized? Mark chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. I quote, It came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John, uh, John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the river, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove, unquote. Now in Mark, it stated clearly that Jesus was baptized in River Jordan. Well, not only Jesus was baptized, there were also other clear examples of baptism in the Bible. Acts chapter 8, verse 38 and 39, I quote, Both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Now it is clear in this unquote. Now it is clear from this passage that the apostles did not change the method of baptism. It's still into complete immersion of the water and then complete uh, rising from the water. And this is what Philip did to the eunuch. They both went into the water and then coming back up out of the water. So the baptism was conducted in full immersion in this Bible scripture. Just like Jesus was in the River Jordan. Well, those are the two examples that we've quoted. I mean, perhaps the most important one is the baptism of Jesus Christ by John the Baptist. Now, then the next question might be to say, what does a symbol of water what does water represent, rather? See, the symbol of water is used to represent this spiritual cleansing. It symbolizes purity and fresh start. Acts chapter 22, verse 16, I quote, Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord, unquote. So it symbolizes purity and a fresh start. It symbolizes cleansing. The Bible says, and this is in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and I quote, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, unquote. In other words, everyone is a sinner. You and I are both sinners. Everyone is in need of the new start that baptism provides. Now, I don't want you to ever think that there's any power in the water itself to wash away our sins. That's not what we're talking about. It is purely symbolic of the work of God does in our lives, unquote. So it's not the cleansing by the water, but is a demonstration of the work that God does in our lives. It's a symbolic gesture. Well, we did say symbolic, so what this it symbolizes is perhaps the next logical question. Well, in, in short, baptism symbolizes the washing away of your old and sinful life of sin. 
and it symbolizes the beginning of a new life you have or I have, we all have in Jesus Christ. Amen. So it is a sign. Baptism is a sign by which believers like you and I experience Christ's death, Christ's burial, and Christ's resurrection in our lives. Through death to self, which is the old self, and rebirth to a new life. This is what it symbolizes. Just as Jesus died, was buried, and then was resurrected, resurrected, so the new Christian dies to the, its old self of sin. The new Christian is buried spiritually beneath the water in baptism, and then it rises with a new life empowered by the Holy Spirit. It symbolizes a new birth, a new spiritual birth of the Christian. So this symbolism is at the heart of the meaning and importance of baptism. You know, the person who is baptized first chooses to lay down the life of sin, the old life of sin. Get rid of it. I don't want that anymore. You do that by burying it in the waters of baptism and then is raised up out of the water to a new life in Jesus Christ. You've taken on a new life in Jesus Christ. This was clearly seen in Romans chapter 6, verse 4, and I quote, We were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in a newness of life, unquote. This is exactly what the paragraph meant, that our old self is gone and we are now reborn in our new life in Jesus Christ. So to summarize, I would like you to look at the picture that's on the screen now. And let's start from A to B to C as a summary. The death of your old life mean this, that the Christian life is not just a matter of being a better person. It is the death of the old life the Apostle Paul says, I quote, I have been crucified with Christ, unquote. This was in Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. So baptism is only meaningful when a person surrenders to Jesus and allows the old life to pass away. Failing to yield fully to Jesus prior to baptism results in a person being buried alive, unquote. And then baptism also represents the burial of your old life, meaning the Bible says we are buried with him, with Jesus, in baptism. This is in Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. And no one is truly baptized until they have been submerged or buried in water. What this means is no amount of sprinkling can ever bury a person. Bible baptism is baptism by full immersion. And C shows that your new life is in Jesus. Once your old life is dead and buried in baptism, you are raised out of the water as a new person. Baptism is, an import, is important to the Christian life as a wedding it is to a marriage. Unquote. 
Well, in fact, Paul, perhaps the the most philosophical one of the of the group, said that that he wrote basically when a person is baptized, that person has put on Christ. He's used that metaphor, put on Christ. In other words, our old identity is swallowed up in a new identity, that of being one with Jesus Christ. So our old has dissolved and it morphed into a new life that is in Jesus. You see this written by Paul in Galatians chapter 3, verse 27. I quote, As many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Unquote. As we saw earlier, there were so many different forms of baptism. And uh, does it really matter which form of baptism is used? Mark chapter 16, verse 16, I quote, says, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, unquote. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand that baptism itself secures a gift of salvation. That's not what we're saying, because baptism itself does not secure you salvation, because salvation comes only by grace through the faith in Jesus Christ. But baptism is a vital part of the Christian experience and which means the form of baptism has to be correct. Now, if that symbol, symbolism and if that form is incorrect, and therefore the meaning of baptism is radically changed if it's incorrect. Baptism means death to the old self and resurrection to a new life. Only baptism by immersion, complete immersion, can signify and adequately signify that true spiritual transformation. So in short, that's only one form of baptism that is relevant, and that is the true total immersion. Any other way will be considered unbiblical, and it's not a correct symbolism as demanded by the Bible. Well, then sometimes some of our students ask, how do you know if you were ready for baptism? Well, that is a very valid question. When you accept Jesus as your personal savior, when you truly and genuinely accept Jesus Christ as your personal savior and experience the new birth, you understand the teachings of Jesus. You believe in Jesus Christ or the teachings of Jesus Christ and you have repented of your past sins repented repentance meaning not just simply saying sorry but genuinely a sorrowful sorry leading to a change in your lifestyle that's repentance and have agreed to turn away from your sin and when you've done all that and when you truly believe and done all that then you are ready for baptism. So baptism is for those who have accepted Christ and wanted to live together in Him, be a new person in Him. And it's an exciting and yet a very serious decision. Jesus wants you to get to know Him and fully understand Him and fully understand the commitment you are making through baptism.
So what accompanies water baptism? What happens after water baptism? Well, if we participated in a true and genuine spiritual baptism, a water baptism, the water baptism is accompanied by the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To be baptized with the Holy Spirit simply means that you're to, you are also fully immersed in the Holy Spirit, receiving the Holy Spirit and allowing the Spirit to transform your life. So the role of the Holy Spirit is to convict of sin and to bestow the righteousness of Jesus as the solution for sin. This was seen in John chapter 16, verse 8. It is also the Holy Spirit who helps us understand the teachings of God's Word. See, the Holy Spirit, in other words, once you've done your total water immersion, total water baptism, the Holy Spirit then indwells in you to guide you and to teach you. Following the water baptism, then the baptism of the Holy Spirit is demonstrated through producing the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. This, what it means then is as soon as you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit, you will produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And you would receive gifts from the Holy Spirit. So this enables us to effectively share the good news about God's love to other people. So in essence, you are also being prepared to be a witness for Christ. In other words, once you're baptized, you truly become a, a member, if you like, of God's kingdom. John chapter 3, verse 5, I quote, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Unquote. You see, this is a basis why we produce this audio Bible, why we do all the things that we have been doing in trying to witness for Christ and trying to share God's word is simply because the Holy Spirit is driving us in doing this so that as Christians, as true believers of Jesus Christ, we are out there sharing his word just as we are doing now. And I pray that one day you too will be out there sharing God's word through the power of the Holy Spirit after you've been baptized. You see, when you're baptized by water and then by the Holy Spirit, you enter the kingdom of God, as it was stated in um, John 3, 5 previously. What does it mean you enter the kingdom of God? Well, we did talk about and explain that you be essentially become a member of a club, if you like. But in essence, I want to expand that a bit further. When we are baptized into Jesus, we automatically become part of his body or his church. The church is God's chosen body of people, a group of people with similar united heart and passion, a group of people who would help nurture us in our spiritual life as well as work with us in spreading of the gospel. So when we make a decision for baptism, we are also making a commitment to become an active member of God's church in God's kingdom. You 
make a commitment to be an active member of the body of people who represent Christ. That is the meaning of the church. We're not talking about a physical church. We're talking about the body of Christ who is the church. Now, of course, a group of people who worship together would come to a building or a place or a lounge room or a home or under a tree. It doesn't matter the, where the physicality of this grouping is, but the church is this heart that is united together in Christ. It could be in a building called church, but that is a physical part. But the church that Bible is talking about is the body of people with a unity of heart in Christ. Where does it state in the, in the Bible? Well, there are three scriptures we will quote. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 and 47. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. And 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. We will quote 44. Acts. First, I quote, Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Unquote. Notice the word church here. In Colossians, I quote, He is the head of the body, the church. Unquote. Here we are talking about the body of Christ, which is the church. And then you Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, I quote, By one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Unquote. So when we are baptized, we automatically become part of Jesus' body of men, called, of, of people called the church. Well, some may ask, once you're baptized, is that it? What about rebaptism? You may have heard of people being rebaptized. Well, although baptism is ideally a once-only experience, there are definitely instances when rebaptism is not only appropriate but recommended and some of the instances are i quote here when particularly when a substantial new truth is discovered so when paul was preaching at ephesus he found a group of people who had been baptized by john the baptist but had never heard of the Holy Spirit. So he then took these people aside and taught them about the work and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now this truth was almost, it was an aha moment, a real newfound substantial discovery by uh, this group of people. And such an imp this impacted their lives that they chose to be rebaptized. So this example clearly shows in the Bible that when significant new life-changing truths are learned, I mean major, major aha moments, then rebaptism is appropriate. Another example might be that if you desire to return to Jesus after turning away from him. Now there are a growing category of people who have moved away from Jesus. But when you decide to come back, baptism is your marriage ceremony with Jesus. If you have left him 
and abandon this relationship, it is also appropriate to rebaptize. It's a fresh start, if you like, in your relationship with Jesus. The result is as once you've again pledged your love and royalty for Him, and that is a perp- that is could be another reason for rebaptism. Here is also an example of what perhaps uh, some effective tactics of the devil, the advocate. And his tactics are pretty simple. Cause people to procrastinate or to put off making a decision. The Bible says, why are you waiting? Well, I'm asking you now, what's causing you to wait? In fact, more important is the question, who in you or behind you is causing you to procrastinate? Some excuses are being used, like I'm not good enough yet to be baptized, or I wait till I feel clean enough before I baptize. The advice here is very simple. Don't wait for the approval of others before you baptize. The Bible says, arise and be baptized. Acts chapter 22, verse 16, I quote, Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized, unquote. So don't delay. If you've been thinking about it, well, don't just keep thinking. Do it. Accept this gift. Don't delay. Make plans today for a fresh start life through baptism. Well, you know what? When you make a decision to baptize, God will celebrate for you up in heaven. In fact, all of heaven rejoices when you baptize. Mark chapter 1 verse 11 and Luke chapter 15 verse verse 7. I quote Mark, A voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Unquote. When Jesus was baptized, God's voice was so loud, He made His approval known from heaven. In Luke, I quote, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance, unquote. All of heaven will rejoice when you make this decision. So to conclude, there are three points I'd like the take, you to take away from here. Point one is baptism is one of the most significant aspects of the Christian life. Number two, only baptism by full immersion of a believing person is biblical. And it reflects the meaning behind the symbolism of baptism. No other forms of baptism. And number three, baptism is the entry point into God's church. So before I finish, I want to ask you this question. Is it your desire to follow the examples of Jesus? Have a fresh start in life and begin preparing for your baptism according to the Bible? I pray that your answer is yes in the quietness of your own heart. That yes, you are prepared to make this commitment. God bless. Amen.